We are Pixie and Ogre. This is an intersectional LGBTQIA plus friendly podcast led by two lesbians living in the sticks of North Carolina. We discuss topics that support our values, including pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-trans and gender non-binary, and pro-sex work, among many other topics. Pixie is me, Mel. I hold a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Ogre is Laura, who has no degrees or licenses, but just likes to hear her sarcastic fat-ass talk. Good afternoon. I'm Pixie or Mel. I'm Ogre or Laura. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Pixie and Ogre. Today we're going to talk about the atrocity that is 20 fucking 20. Good God. Because, I mean, we would be remiss to not mention just how fucking much of a shit show this goddamn year has been. I know, and it's not over yet. Please, please. I, I'm, I'm just saying, we, oh. still, we still have a couple months to go. And, and we have an election. I, I know, I know. I'm sick of the election. I'm sick of hearing about it. I know. I want it over with. I want this year over with. At least I'm unaffiliated, and I'm not getting all the calls and texts that you are. Oh, I get them every... Every day. No. I mean, multiple texts and calls no. asking me who I'm voting for, if I'm going to early vote or mail-in vote. I, I can't. Mean, it's I, ridiculous. I can't sign into any social media accounts or any apps, it seems, without something reminding me to cap. I got it. Right. I'm going to vote. Yeah. It's fine. Right. Even if it doesn't make a difference, I'm still going to vote. That is an entirely different episode, but I agree. Yes. So... We kind of talked about before getting into why 2020 has obviously been so terrible for the entire world, but also us personally, I thought it would be a good opportunity to explain why 2020 not being a dumpster fire was so important to us personally. Right, right. Uh, And it seems like we're not the only ones who the end of 2019 was really challenging for. Right, and we were going into 2020 just so hopeful that this was going to be a good year. And not just a a good new year, but a new decade. There was a lot of hope. Yes. A lot more hope than usual, I found. Yes. And I don't know if that's just like, you know, trying to find the puzzle piece that you're looking for. And like, we needed that hope personally in our lives. But it really felt like everyone was ready to give a big old middle finger to 2019 and just like slide right on into 2020. Right, slide right in and and start enjoying it for a while, but no. No, it's been an actual shit show. Yeah, the entire year. Exactly. Now, honestly, I don't remember most of 2019. Like, I don't think, (laughs) most of it for me personally was not terrible. I mean, it, it had its moments. I started, you know, back on medication for my mental illness, which in turn ended up being a good thing. But of course, before that, you know, there were some mental breakdowns and episodes that led to it, but we got evened out. And then November 2019, I'm driving on my way to work at 4 a.m. and I'm hit by a tractor trailer. Just flat out hit by a tractor trailer, sent spinning around and hit a guardrail. Thankfully, myself, the other driver, and even my car, everything was fine. But it started to unhinge this, I don't know what, inside of me. And it's been an uphill battle 
anxiety and panic wise ever since. It was pretty scary. It was very scary. Yeah. Um, it was raining that morning and I actually, I remember it was supposed to, the temperatures were supposed to drop and they, they probably did later on in the morning when I would have been driving home from work. And I remember thinking on my way to work, yeah, this is going to suck if all of this freezes because it was pouring. What I suspect happened was the driver of the truck either wasn't paying attention, potentially fell asleep, texting, I don't know, but he veered into my lane, barely tapped my bumper and sent me spinning. Um, and it, I still have my moments almost a year later with driving in the rain and I know I'm a New England driver. I'm pretty aggressive. Um, I'm pretty entitled on the road. I'll be the first to admit that. But I mean, you've got to admit, and you've lived in the South longer than I have, drivers down here are reckless. Right, and it's gotten a lot worse. They just do not care. No. They just do not care. Um, so that happened, and then I finally, we, we finally kind of start to get our footing again, and I get sick, like sick, sick. I got this like terrible cold where I lost my voice. I had this awful cough. In retrospect, I've thought more than once, did I have COVID before we knew what COVID was? I don't know. But I had this awful cough for like a week. You weren't feeling too great. I was just getting over that. And then you nearly died on us. Oh, well. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a lot. <laughs> yeah, Laura almost died on us. Again. Yeah, she's... <laughs> I think I'm on life seven now. God, not seven. Yeah, That's I think too I'm on, close. I think I'm on seven of nine now. That's too close. Too close for comfort. Um, do you want to... I don't know how much or how little of details you want to share. I mean, it is a long story, but I can sum it up. I, I had um, I had an infection that went into the bone and it went septic very quickly. In the, very fucking quickly. It, I didn't feel well and I went to bed and... Luckily, my son called and he couldn't get in touch with me because I was passed out in bed. And so he called Melissa and woke her up and she came to wake me. She came to give me the phone and I was incoherent and I had a really high fever. So long story short, ambulance came, took me to the hospital and I almost didn't make it through the night. Um, I don't know if anybody listening has ever had sepsis before, but it's very fast it's very deadly and it's very scary i woke up the next day literally tied to the well, gurney well <laughs> in the emergency room you weren't exactly what they were calling cooperative well <laughs> in my defense they were trying to stick a very large needle into a vein in my neck i, I mean can't, that's fair and i i honestly i have no recollection of anything that happened i have brief flashes of memory but my fever was so high I was I, I don't remember anything it was fucking terrifying yeah and I ended up being in the hospital for a while and um, then my nephew committed suicide yeah. and so uh, you know poor Melissa has to come to where I am in the hospital and I was not happy in the hospital I, I was not happy no every day it was a new game of how is Laura going to attempt to escape and will I get there and she will have pulled everything out of her body and have left in an Uber. 
I, no less. I absolutely hated the hospital. She was it's, very grumpy. It it was, it was, it was horrible. I, I mean, I, I've never had such a horrible hospital experience but everything about it was horrible it was pretty bad there was no communication there was miscommunication nobody knew what was going on I literally had six different doctors all telling me different things they kept sending me for testing that wasn't necessary they cut off my toe they kept telling me these procedures weren't going to hurt and then they hurt like a motherfucker it was ridiculous getting was any bad. kind of medication. I mean, I, I literally had to pull teeth and I was, I don't know what floor I was on. I was over at mission. I know, I know. Ah! I was over at mission and whatever floor I was on had a lot of uh, people mm. who were not necessarily coherent. And so the guy in the room next to me spent the majority of his time just screaming and yelling yeah. random things like, one day he just started yelling chocolate cake i want chocolate cake at the top of his lungs wow. and yeah it was it was really bad it was a horrible horrible hospital experience and then halfway through it i think i was there 10 days yeah halfway through it melissa comes to tell me that my nephew had um died and that was it i was done out wanted gone did everything i could to get out of there uh, they wouldn't let me leave until my blood um, didn't show, didn't grow um, bacteria. bacteria anymore. So, yeah, it, they finally fitted me with a, um, a Broviac, uh, like a port, so that I could do my own IV infusions at home. Came home, the IV medicine was making me sick. I had to be on antibiotics for six weeks. They made me so sick, I ended up back in the hospital. Yep. And I was in the hospital for another seven days. Yep. And that was another shit show. Like, I, I'm over mission. That was our very beginning of 2020. That was our very beginning. Yes. Yeah, it was beginning of January. Was back in the hospital. Thankfully, we got enough of a break that we did have Christmas and New Year's. Although New Year's Eve, I did a tarot spread for 2020 for Laura and I. And every motherfucking thing that came up for Laura was like death major transition and we were like ah. <laughs> and i i remember flipping the cards over and going through them and at the end saying to laura so what do you think your spread means and she's like i'm gonna die <laughs> that's what that means <laughs> but it, it w also wasn't helpful that i'm like a pretty good rule follower and so if the doctor says laura can't eat something or can't have this medication you know, she was asking me to bring her stuff, and I'd be like, I can't. The doctor said, and she'd be like, God damn it, bring it to me. No, this is, this is, this is my point. <laughs> I, the, I was so sick, and I kept shitting myself. Oh, boy, it's true. It's true. I mean, there's no other way to say there's it. There's no two ways I about mean, it. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I, was, I was sick. There was nothing I could do. I had horrible diarrhea. Because you're on I, powerful antibiotics. I literally had an uh, IV in my neck and an IV in each arm. I had shit coming in, going out of my body. And it was very difficult. The, the room I was in was so small. I had, every time I went to the bathroom, I had to rearrange the furniture yes. so that I could get my IV pole close enough to the bathroom yes. that I could go to the bathroom. Yep. So 
long story short, I shit myself a lot. Yeah. I kept asking the nurses for anti-diarrhea pills. Yes. And they kept telling me they needed to get a stool sample to make sure I don't have C. diff. Right. My fucking point is, <laughs> I'm already on antibiotics. But maybe you weren't on C. diff antibiotics. I am already on <laughs> antibiotics. Give me the goddamn medicine. So Laura would text me. And every time they would put this thing in the toilet oh, that's, yes. for me to shit in, but every single time the thing would malfunction yep. and it wouldn't actually catch anything. So this was days. It was, it was not good. And I'm texting Melissa saying, please, for the love of God, bring me anti-diarrhea pills. And I'm having, you know, an inner conflict because I want to help you. But I don't want to break any rules and, and hurt you or harm you. Baby, I wasn't asking for Oxy. I know. Anti-diarrhea pills. I know. So what's our motto now if Laura goes to the hospital? Bring me anti-diarrhea pills. And I will. And I will. <laughs> I swear to God, I came home from the hospital and I must have taken six. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was I, pretty bad. I mean, there's no way I was... I, I didn't shit for a week. <laughs> So needless to say, you know, personally, we needed 2020 to be, we had a lot of hope. Yes, despite the tarot reading. Despite the tarot reading, we were, we were trying to reframe. We had a low-key quiet New Year's Eve because we had just come off of, you know, the past couple of weeks of you being sick, nearly dying. Literally, doctors asking me if I have all of your things in order. I mean, like... Talk about fucking shock in the middle of an ER room. Like, uh-huh. Yep, I do. I mean, we do, but it's like hearing that is like a knife to the gut. I know, I know. So, of course, you know, 2020 just goes off, right? It just takes off running in January. So I've got, I've got an article. I think you've, you've got some lists as well. Yes. Um, I'd be happy to start if you'd like. Please. So I've actually found, I love lists. I love articles that have lists. And this one is in chronological order, which is even better. Oh, yay. Okay. So this one I didn't even know about. And I'm going to include the link in the show notes. So in January, over 100 troops were diagnosed with brain injuries in 2020, January 2020. Amidst rising tensions in the Middle East, Iran fired missiles in Iraq in January and the retaliation um, for the U.S. killing of the uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and 109 U.S. troops stationed at the base have been diagnosed with TBI as a result of the attack. Wow, I didn't know about that. Neither did I. Okay, it's one more shitty thing. One more shitty thing. Um, what do you have? Well, I mean, I've got basic things. Okay. Um, you know, the I've got a list of people of some importance who died in 2020. Okay. Um, you know, obviously Ruth Bader Ginsburg yes. recently passed away. Yes. And that was a, rest in power. That was a huge crush to me. Um, I'm, I'm honestly a little bit scared of what's going to happen now. I'm a lot of it scared. I remember that evening I would just falling asleep and Laura who doesn't ever really wake me. So I knew that it was important. She went, Mel, and I went, what? And she said, 
Ruth, and I was like, no, and she's like, Bader Ginsburg, and I was like, no, don't finish that sentence, is dead, and I was like, god damn it, I know. and I probably said fuck for about 10 minutes straight, yes, it was pretty bad, it, it was, it is, and I think it's a huge blow, um, and I'm, I'm a little bit scared to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, obviously, Eddie Van Halen just recently died. Yep. Uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Yeah. And everyone else in the helicopter. That's right. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played uh, Black Panther. That's right. Lost his battle with cancer. I didn't know little Richard died. Yeah. Um, yep. And Regis Philburn, Philbin. Philbin, yep. Uh, and then Naya Rivera. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Preston, who yeah. was John Travolta's wife. That's right. Um, Fuck. Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Fred Willard. Kirk yeah. Douglas and Kenny Rogers. Jesus. And the queen of acting, I guess, Olivia de Havilland. Okay. Um, I think she was like 97 or 100, wow. something like that. Yeah, I, di I didn't realize that she was actually still alive. Okay. Um, but she passed away this year. Jesus. And so a lot of legends. What else do I have? I have the Australian brush fires. Yeah. That just wiped out Australia. And they're estimating now that over 5 million animals died as a result of those. 5 million? Million animals died as a result of Shit. those fires. Yeah. It's going to take a long time to rebuild after that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it just broke my heart. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and then we've got all, all of the fires raging out in the West. Yep, I've got that. And in fact, I just realized my article is called A Rough Year for America, 10 Bad Things That Happen. Oh. So mine is not international. Oh, My okay. list is not a comprehensive international list. Well, I mean, America has always kind of got something going on, you know, we're like the... We're like the trailer park of the world. <laughs> we really are. We're like the reality show of the world. Right, right. The trash TV. Like, can't wait to tune in and see what Marika is going to do next. Exactly. You know, coming up tonight on Marika. Yeah, you know, exactly. The People... Trump show. <laughs> the Trump show. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, then, you know, recently, it was just, what, last month, a couple weeks ago, we had the Beirut explosions. Yes. Um, that killed 135 people mm. and have left over 300,000 people people homeless Jesus that's um, that's gonna take a lot to come back from too yes but um, so far because of COVID we've had 200 and what 220,000 yep. people dying yep uh, from COVID related um, illnesses um, yeah I don't even know how many millions have been infected and I just had my third COVID test today at work not because I'm symptomatic just because it was free and offered and I did it. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. The the one thing, you know, I have to say this. There's a lot of things going around on social media saying that masks don't work and masks are for sheeple. And Jesus Christ. You know, I go I go to the doctor and I go to the grocery store. Those are the only places I go. Right. And I see a lot of people without masks. And whether you believe in it or not, it doesn't hurt you to wear a mask. No. You could actually, maybe, be saving a life. So even if you don't agree with it, even if you think it's stupid, even if you think it's a hoax or 
even if you think it makes you a brainwashed idiot, wear it. I, okay, to set the record straight, and I, I think it's pretty clear on where we stand, but I, I just want to be clear. Laura and I do not believe that COVID is a hoax. We, I'm an essential worker and I'm required to wear a mask every day. Um, as previously mentioned, Laura is immunocompromised, so we take that very seriously. But let's just say for the sake of argument, it did turn out to be over-publicized or a hoax or... A media whatever. blow up or whatever. What harm does it cause? Literally nothing. Is your pride that important? Well, is being I, right, quote unquote, that important? I see people on social media say, I don't, I don't want to look like an idiot wearing a mask in public. Sir, ma'am, I look like an idiot every day, just, <laughs> just in general, just oh my in gosh. my life. So wear a mask. You, I'm the one who accidentally shaved her head the, two days ago. <laughs> Literally accidentally shaved my head. Wear a mask. Even if you think you look, look like an idiot, even if you think it makes you look like a brainwashed media hounded, I mean, whatever. And if it's that important to you, then don't go anywhere. Right, stay home. Get your food order, take out, get your groceries delivered, get your medications delivered, and don't leave the fucking house. Right. It doesn't hurt anything to wear a mask. It literally does not. And if it turns out to be a hoax, then you can take your mask off and, and give us all the middle finger and say, ha, That's see, right. I told you. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But back to yes. the calamity of 2020. The calamity of 2020. So March and April, we had the tornadoes in the South. Yes. So on March 3rd, tornadoes tore through Nashville and surrounding counties, leaving 25 dead and others missing. At least 30 were injured on top of the dead and 48 buildings were destroyed. Then we had a Derrico. Oh. I think it was in Iowa or someplace, I don't remember, but it was, it's uh, similar to a hurricane. It's a, it's a land hurricane. And it destroyed this town. Um, Jesus. I mean, people are still without power and stuff. Wow. Um, we've yeah. Got, we've got the murder hornets. Oh, yeah. The, the infamous May murder hornets. 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 Yeah, it's hard to say. It really is. Um, yeah, those, those were in May. Just, just as things were with COVID were really starting to solidify as to how fucking scary it was, nature just decided, you know what we really need? Murder hornets. We need hornets that are even scarier than regular hornets. Yeah. Oh, there's the dog. There goes Darby. Can't help himself. He has to be heard. Um... January onwards in 2020. Now, this article is from June. This, I honestly thought that finding articles that kind of went through all of the shit showness of 2020 would be a lot easier to find and more updated. I kind of feel like since the summer, people have like our momentum, we've run out of steam. We're just like, <laughs> we're not writing about 2020 anymore. Well, it, no. So I'm sure this has probably changed numbers-wise since June, but from January through at least June, we've had the most mass shootings in this country since two th since 2013. Yes, and I, I I believe that it's related to the fact that it's an election year. Oh yeah, I really really oh, do. Oh yeah, and and we've got uh, protests and you know we've got riots going on. Sure. And I think a lot of people are agitated because of this. And instead of just sitting down and shutting up, 
they're taking to the streets with their own brand of, you know, vigilante justice. What was that idiot's name? Rittenhouse? Oh, Jesus, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Fucking idiots everywhere. Yep. You don't agree with something, sit down and shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you don't want to be a part of the protests, don't be a part of the protests. Exactly. But don't go up against it and try to make yourself, you know, some sort of vigilante hero. Exactly. I mean, this kid, Rittenhouse, I mean, his whole life is gone. Right. You know, because mm -hmm. he decided to, you know, take out his balls and pretend to be some sort of hero. And, and you know, I, and I hope he rots in jail. I hope he, he never sees daylight again. Mm -hmm. Ever. But going, you know, the protests, Yeah, it's because people are sick and, and fucking tired yep. of people of color not being able to walk down the goddamn street without getting killed. Absolutely. And so you may disagree with the protests or the, or the, the um, riots. Right. But nothing else has worked. Right. So, I mean, you know, we sit here, as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, identifies queer, lesbian, LGBTQIA+. If it wasn't for a riot, we wouldn't have the rights that we have as queer people. Yes. Now, I'm not advocating for people getting hurt. Um, I will say, as far as, like, businesses go, I don't really give a crap. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. I don't, I don't give a shit. You want to, you know, riot at Home Depot? Go for it. Um, so it's it's this constant back and forth of, you know, and, and again, we're speaking as two white people as well. Exactly. To be clear. But, you know, as white people, we tend to think that, like, we know the right way to, to protest. And you know what you should really do? You should do this. Well, when we do that, like, when... Colin Kaepernick kneeled peacefully. That was a ter that was considered a terrorist act, according to white people. Oh God, yeah, and it was mocked and ridiculed. Yep, and, you know, people wanted him off. You know, so when we when, that's not okay. When we protest peacefully, no one listens. Rebelling's not okay. Oh, doing anything is not okay. That's the message that, that right, we're getting. Right, exactly. So fuck that. I could give a crap less about... No, no. There is something... Businesses. There is something severely wrong, severely wrong, with the fact that you can't be black anymore and be safe. Yeah. I mean, why is violence the first option for a police officer why is violence the first option? They're taught to be violent. Yep. They're taught to shoot, to kill, yeah. shoot center mass. Yep. Why are these being, why are these tactics being taught? Why can't we teach more crisis intervention, crisis management, more, you know, if, if I'm committing a crime and, and I'm running from the police, I would rather be tased than shot. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Although I, I am white, so I would be peacefully arrested. Exactly. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be tased or shot. No, no, no. I would be peacefully arrested and gently taken to jail. While you scream and kick and threaten police officers. Oh, yeah, but I'm white. It doesn't matter. Exactly. They, and they, don't, they don't care. That's a grave injustice that I think I know most people who are you know, against black lives matter and and the 
protests and the rebellions just don't seem to understand. No, and they don't. And I again, if you don't agree with the protesting and if you don't agree with Black Lives Matter, that's fine. That's your opinion. As it's ig- not fine. As ignorant me. as it may be, why are we? Why are we? You know, so adamant about BLM. Why are we so passionate about Black Lives Matter? And and you know, uh, people will say all lives matter. Yes. All lives, especially white lives, have always mattered. And all lives should matter, but they can't. But they don't. Until literally all lives matter. How can you say you don't see the inequality in this right. country? It was only a couple of years ago that gays were allowed to get married. Yep. And it is still. Only five. Five. And still, today, to this day, in 2020, black people are getting killed and arrested for being black. Yep. Kyle Rittenhouse, who we just talked about, shot and killed, what, two people? I'm looking it up right now. I don't remember. Dylan, Dylan, oh God, why can't I remember names today? You got this. Killed how many people? Roof. Roof, that's right. And yet he was arrested peacefully. Yep. Not a scratch on him. Yep. Not a fucking scratch. The officers who arrested him even stopped by a fast food restaurant on the way to jail to get him a meal. Mm-hmm. So he kills people and he gets a fucking happy meal? And yet a random black man walking down the street gets the cops called on him for walking down the street. Literally, for just that. And he gets killed. Yes. Because he has the goddamn nerve to stand up and say, I'm not doing anything. Why are you hassling me? How is this fair? How is this equal? It's not. It is absolutely disgusting to me that that we are allowing this to continue. I know. And... You know, this whole protest that's going on, defund the police. We need to stop funding violence. That's right. If we want to fund the police, fund them for crisis management. Yes. Give them the tools and the training and the education. To de-escalate. Correct. But they, the thing is, they have the ability to de-escalate because they have no fucking problem doing it when it's a white person. Exactly. So... It's, you know, and we know this, it's systemic racism. It's, it's just generations of this blatant and, it, you know, overt and sometimes covert racism that is going on in this country. Why, why are white people afraid of black people? Why do they, why do they get irritated when black people decide they want to jog? Or walk in the park. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I'm not calling cops on, on, on white people that I see tweaking out in the park. No. As long as nobody's bothering me. That's right. I don't want the cops involved. That's right. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. It is. Absolutely disgusting. It is. Um, and, and 2020, I mean, if, if we're going to, if we're going to bring this up and we're going to protest and we're going to start the revolution, why not 2020? Oh, absolutely. 
you know? Absolutely. And I think that kind of leads into, I mean, obviously, I think... I think depending on what your personal experience is, there's a lot of watershed moments of 2020, but I feel like COVID and the revolution have been the two main pillars that that have affected me either personally or um, uh, employment-wise and mental health-wise and just like wanting to get involved and make change. Yes, I agree, but 2020 has also kind of shown me how much I really don't want to be here. Mm. How absolutely embarrassed I am to be an American. It, it, it's, it's pretty humiliating at times. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I am absolutely embarrassed. Uh, I, I have friends in, in a lot of different countries just from growing up um, in, in other countries. And I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to, to talk to them. Um, I mean, they, they just kind of look at me and they're like, you know, what the fuck is your country doing? The perception of us is disgraceful. Yes. Um, we're mocked by literally every country. Literally. We're the only country who has taken the precautions of COVID as a political statement. You know what I mean? Like, we went to Myrtle Beach in May. And me wearing a mask in public, I mean, my God, the looks that I got, it was it was like it was an act of terrorism that I was wearing a fucking mask to protect myself. Yeah. You know, the, the looks I was getting and like, it's wearing a mask is not a political statement. No. It's health and safety. It's fucking consideration of other people. Exactly. I mean, it's not a political stance, but this country... We made it a political statement. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. I mean, everything. It's that. That's the main thing that 2020 has taught me is that I, someone once, I, I was talking about moving to someone and she said, I said, let's move to someplace and start over mm -hmm. and, and start someplace like, um, that's not very developed, like a, a like a little town. And let's develop it. Let's getting cult vibes. Should I be getting cult no, vibes? No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> let's create the kind of place we want to live. Okay. You know? And she said, that sounds great, but I would rather stay here and fight for... Was this person me? No, it was Aaron. Because I've also said the same thing. Yes. Let's stay here and fight to change what we want here. I'm torn. I, and I, I, can, I can resonate with that. Okay. But... I'm not happy living here. Well, I'm not, every time I go out in, in the car, I'm reminded of the entitlement that people have. Yes. Every time I take my immunocompromised ass to the grocery store, because <laughs> God forbid I need to eat, and I see yokels. Or want to leave the house. I mean, right, right. I mean, I literally have been in this fucking house since January. Right. And I see people without masks. And they're giving people who are wearing masks, you know, sneering looks. And right. I'm reminded that America wouldn't be such a shitty place if it wasn't for the people. That's right. So do I want America to change? Yes. And it can change while I'm living someplace else. And that's fair. And I, and I hope it's okay for me to share this. I remember when we first brought up 
the notion of, of moving, you said something that really struck me. I don't want to die in America. I don't want to die in America. I know. One illness. When, when I, <laughs> my medical bills, when I broke my back, my medical bills were over a million dollars. I mean, that's just fucking ridiculous. It's, it's, like, how is that even? Over a million dollars. How is that even conceivable? And like, everyone ridiculous. has to know that's just not going to happen. It's ridiculous. But it ruins someone financially. Financially. One sickness, one major illness, mm. even if you have insurance. Absolutely. Can bankrupt you. Absolutely. And or one, I don't want to die here. My gosh, if that car accident I was in in November had gone even slightly differently, financially, physically, medically, I mean, it could have gone a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's sad that when that happened, some of the first thoughts I had were, I can't afford to be injured. I can't afford for my car to be damaged. I can't afford to miss work. Like, yes, I was thinking about my well-being, but within seconds and all of these thoughts are flooding, that's pretty fucking sad that those were some of the first thoughts that mm-hmm. I had. Exactly. Having a traumatic experience that was not my fault and outside of my control. Well, a couple of weeks ago, you know, uh, Melissa started having some symptoms that were similar to COVID. And, right. And she wasn't feeling well and she had a cough and things, a little shortness of breath. And she, she went to get tested. And I imagine at that time you were thinking, I can't be sick. And it's like, yeah. so if she if she did test positive and she did have to have medical care and, and lose out on however many weeks of work, right. that could have bankrupted you. Absolutely. And it's ridiculous because you pay to have health insurance. Abs- yeah. But health insurance has a cap and health insurance has limits and you have yep. co-pays and this and that. Well, and I have personal time, but I mean, I also had a week... I. I I had to be out for a week in May when I had the stomach bug, which was the first time I got tested for COVID. And that was right when we started testing. So tests, at least my experience, have been coming back a lot quicker recently. At that time, I think it took the better part of a week. Yeah. Um, I still wasn't feeling well, but even if I had been feeling better, like within 24 hours, I could not return to work until my results were negative. Thankfully, I had that time saved. But not everyone has that advantage. I mean, we don't have children. I think that plays a big part in it. I think about my colleagues who have children or newborns or other responsibilities that not only can they not afford to take that time off, but then our hours were cut from coronavirus. Right. Everybody had to start working less hours. That's right. So we were expected to do our normal week's worth of work. 37 and a half hours worth of work in 30 hours. Mm -hmm. So you're breaking your ass, trying to get everything done within 30 hours. Everything is harder. I have obsessive compulsive disorder, which my main focus is contamination. So working as an essential worker during a pandemic, literally the definition of my worst fucking nightmare come true. But think about the millions of Americans whose hours were cut yep. or they had to, they were furloughed or, you know, I mean, all of these people are out of work yep. and they're not able to pay their For rent. For months and months, months and, and months. months. And the government comes up with this brilliant plan Jesus Christ. to give us all $1,200. I don't know about you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who our listeners are. 
The $1,200 to me is not a lot. It's like one mortgage payment. It's a, it's a mortgage payment. But, one. And <laughs> just one. But, you know, Melissa and I don't have children. Right. And, you know, we have less general bills than Correct. an average person. But imagine you're a family no. and you've both been furloughed. No. And you have two kids. Mm-hmm. So you pay your rent and you right. have a little bit for groceries. What about health insurance, car payment? Electric. Electric. And if you have to pay for water, if then, you have to pay for garbage. You know, the quarantine goes on for months. Mm-hmm. And what does the government do? Absolutely nothing. Now that's not true. They gave lots of tax breaks to billionaires. They gave so many tax breaks to billionaires that the that America's top five billionaires increased their wealth. During mm. the pandemic, no. While everybody else was at home struggling to find fucking food and to pay their rent and to keep their goddamn electricity yep. on, what happened to the billionaires? Their wealth went up. They, Jeff Bezos, uh, I think that's how you say his name. Yes, I'm horrible it with doesn't names. fucking matter. He's the president, CEO, uh, and founder of Amazon. Yeah, his worth. Is up to a hundred and a hundred. I'm going to say this slowly. A hundred and seventy-five billion, billion dollars. I can't even fathom that amount. Who the no fuck one. needs a hundred and seventy-five billion dollars? Nobody, because he won't live long enough to spend it, and it it's just it's it's ridiculous. It is disgusting. Um, I am very vocal on social media about my view of millionaires and billionaires and that unless someone has inherited their wealth and even then that feels like well how did you inherit your wealth i feel like folks who make that much money there's some level of exploitation going on you do not get that rich there's no american dream that leads to 175 billion dollars worth no, but and even if even if he's a genius and he's created all of these things that and he deserves success, I'm not saying he doesn't. But 175 million dollars could end our homeless situation in America. It could end our hunger situation right. in America. I mean, the amount of money that this man has, yep. and he's literally sitting on it like a Scrooge, and you yep. know. Take what you need, sir, and give the rest away. I know. And if billionaires and millionaires would pay their fair share of taxes, we wouldn't have all of these issues. Right. So, yeah, coronavirus, pandemic, it helped the billionaires out. Right. And and the pandemic brought on the worst economic recession since 2008. So we get one stimulus help for $1,200 and they extended unemployment benefits that probably two-thirds of qualified people actually got. That's right. Because, um, again, the whole system is fucked up. Yep. I've been watching the... I've been following the news, and Pelosi gave them a, a deadline of tomorrow to come up with a new stimulus thing. They've been arguing about this for months. Okay. Fucking make a decision. We need help. We need help. And the argument is, is that they're setting aside however many millions of dollars to bail out the air, the airlines and however many millions of dollars to bail out other corporations. Fuck 
the corporations. Fuck capitalism. Fuck the corporations. Fuck it the corporations. We're supposed to be a democracy. We're supposed to be of the people for the people. This government does not give two fucking shits about you, about me, about anything. You know what happens when they approve stimulus money to go to the corporations? Is they'll say, well, just random figure, let's give a million dollars to Walmart to help them out during this pandemic. They can keep some employees employed, keep things going. What happens is, is the owner of whatever corporation gets a seventy-five, a $750,000 bonus mm. and twenty and $250,000 actually goes to keep the business afloat and keep the employees happy. Help the people. We right. need stimulus That's for the right. people. That's right. Not corporations. Right. I'm so sick and tired of corporations yep. getting help. I mean, we just bailed corporations out a few years ago. Yep. Well, and so it it's no surprise to kind of loop back to what we had started talking about earlier. It is no surprise that as early as May, we started to see the economic results of COVID that George Floyd's murder on top of an economic recession, on top of a pandemic, would spawn a rebellion as it should. As it should. As it should. And it's not over. People are angry. And they have every fucking right every to be angry. right. And it's, it is not over. Mm-mm. I mean, this is just the beginning. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's 2020. This is absolute bullshit to be still dealing with this. And black people have never been equal. They have never had equal rights. People of color have always been the scapegoats, the second-class citizens. That's right. We let them go to school with white people. We let them vote. It doesn't matter. They're not equal. They're not treated as human beings. I'm so sick of this. I'm so tired of it. And it, it's mostly America. It, yeah. You know, when is the last time you heard of someone in France, a person of color in France, being shot by the police? I know. What is wrong with this country? The thing is, this is, so this, none of this is new. And, and you and I know this, but I think most of the country, we hear about this every, every few years. One specific incident will become a trending topic and well-meaning white folks like myself will get all, you know, up in arms and, and oh my gosh, this is awful. This all is riled up. All riled up and this is shocking. And it wasn't until George Floyd's murder that I realized how fucking offensive I was being. This is not shocking. This is not new. For people of color... This is life. This is literally fucking life. The fact that we're just realizing it, that's great that we're aware, but the fact that we're like, oh my gosh, it just goes to show how fucking ignorant we are to what goes on in this country. And, you know, I'll admit, you know, these stories would come and go in the past and I would be very passionate about them and then they would kind of fade out of you know, trend and not talked about as much and things would kind of go back to normal, quote unquote, and then something else would come up. And I don't know, 
what shifted? I, I think I think a lot shifted this year and, and this summer with George Floyd's murder and more and more and more stories coming out and the protests. I I, I just I, I won't let it go. I won't ever let it go. No. If it stops trending, I don't fucking care. This this is important. This is this is happening in our country. Yes, and we need every to keep this, day this anger alive. That's right. Because if not, it's going to go quiet again until the next person dies. That's right. We have to keep this anger alive. We have to make changes. If not, we're we're going to get past the point of no return. Yep. As far as the American people and American as a country. Sure. We can't keep doing this. No. We have to start looking out for each other. Start looking at people as human beings. That's right. And if we if we can't, if we don't, we're just going to start eating each other alive. I mean, we already have. Yes, and it's going to get worse. We already have. I mean, the fact that the response to Black Lives Matter in this country is Blue Lives Matter and All Lives Matter is fucking infuriating. Yeah, there's no such thing as a blue life. I've never met a blue person in my life. No, and I've never met anybody born a police officer. No. It's a fucking choice. It's a job. It's a job. Yes. You choose to be a police officer. No one makes you. But there are... And you choose to pull out your gun yep. and shoot an innocent person. And you choose to put your knee on the back of someone's fucking neck and don't get up until they're dead. That's a choice. That's right. That's your problem. That's murder. That's absolutely right. It pisses me off. It should. It should piss all of us off. It should enrage us. It should keep us up at night. We should be angry all the time. If we're not, we're not paying attention. Yeah. Um, but there are plenty of people who have gone their entire careers as cops and never fired their weapon. This is not... This is not like... I posted something recently on social media. This man, he was probably in his 60s, he had been a cop in the Bronx for 30 years and had never shot his weapon. Ever. Because he probably talked to people. That's right. Instead of getting violent. That's right. And and it's it blows my mind. So it's possible. This isn't part of the job. If we can arrest people like Dylan Roof and the Kyle Rittenhouse, right, and the Aurora, Colorado uh, cinema shooter Holmes, right. If we can arrest them without a scratch, then clearly we're capable of doing that. Yeah, we're we're just choosing not to. Yeah, because in that moment that person is saying one life is more important than someone else's. Exactly. And that's the whole that's the whole mission from what I understand of Black Lives Matter. It's, it's not saying that they they're the only lives that matter. They're saying not, all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter too. Exactly. That's all it means. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. We have like 2 minutes left yes. and I would like to end the show by having Melissa read the names of people of color who have been killed in 2020 
it may not be an exhaustive list. That's um, right. It is a work in progress. And to be clear, these are only black people. Okay. But they have all been um, either killed by police or by civilians. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read their names and ages, and it's starting from the most recent. Um, so we have Jonathan Price, age 31. We have Dijon Kesey, age 29. We have Damian Daniels, age 30. Anthony McLean, age 32. Julian Lewis, age 60. Maurice Osbedid Wagner, age 30. Richard Brooks, age 27. Priscilla Slater, age 38. Robert Forbes, age 56. Kamal Flowers, age 24. Jamel Floyd, age 35. David McAdee, age 53. James Skurlock, age 22. Calvin Horton Jr., age 43. Tony McDade, age 38. Dion Johnson, age 28. George Floyd, age 46. Maurice Gordon, age 28. Cornelius Fredericks, age 16. Stephen Taylor, age 33. <laughs> Daniel Prude, age 30. Brianna Taylor, age 26. Barry Gadias, age 27. Manuel Ellis, age 33. Ahmad Arbery, age 25. Lionel Morris, age 39. Jaquin O'Neill Light, age 20. William Green, age 43, Darius Tarver, age 23, and Micaiah Lee, age 18. God. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye. If you are interested in sending us listener letters, asking for advice, sharing something unusual, or topics that you want us to discuss, send an email to pixieandogrepod at gmail.com. That's P I X I E. A-N-D-O-G-R-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks.